Welcome to the Open House podcast site, available at openhousecommunity.com.au. Today is a really significant day on the Aussie church calendar for exactly 225 years ago today. The very first Christian service was conducted by the Anglican minister, Reverend Richard Johnson, the minister to the First Fleet in 1788. We even know something of what happened at that service under a gum tree in the middle of what is now the Sydney Central Business District. And it's all been marked by a major church service today, just up the road at the oldest Anglican parish in Australia, St Philip's Church, York Street, Sydney. In fact, right around Australia today, lots of churches took five minutes out of their service times to be reminded of a rich Christian heritage that this nation does have. The Senior Minister of York Street Anglican is the Reverend Justin Moffat, and he joins us now for a bit of history and what happened today. Justin, welcome to Open House. Thanks, Lee. I'm glad to be here. Great to have you with us. Justin, give us a sense of what took place at this service today, and also its significance. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, we had about 250 pile into our beautiful sandstone building, and we ran a service that effectively mirrored. It was the same service that Johnson did. I suspect that people were dressed a little better and probably a little cleaner, <laughs> and, uh, and the music probably a little bit better since we had an organ and a choir. But basically we ran morning prayer according to the 1662 Book of Common Prayer, which is exactly what Johnson would have used that day. With the New South Wales Governor and the Anglican Archbishop as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. So what we're basically saying is uh, the Gospel was first preached then, and that needs to be remembered today not just for the sake of the past, but also for the future. Yes. Justin, leading a church like yours in such a strategic position with such history, you've come to know something of the voyage of the First Fleet, the role of the Reverend Richard Johnson on that voyage, and the Australia where they landed. Give us a sense of what you've learnt about that story. I should say, of course, that I'm a pastor, not a historian. My good friend Craig Schwartz is writing a biography, and Johnson is probably going to listen to this and correct me afterwards. But this is what I can gather from listening. Uh, Look, the journey was long. Uh, They did it slowly. One of the reasons for that is that Captain Philip was quite humane, and he wanted the journey to go as best he could. Uh, The Archbishop said this morning that they lost only 30 on the trip. Now, you hear that, they lost 30, and that that sounds like tragedy. And it is, of course, each human life precious, but it could have been a whole lot worse. The answer, Lee, was that the journey was not fun, a passage of hell in some ways, although subsequent fleets were much worse. So this journey, the first fleet, was highly organised and carefully planned. They arrived in January 1788 down in Botany Bay, didn't like it, and uh, moved up to, uh, to Sydney Harbour. Paint us a picture of Johnson himself, Justin, the times in which he lived and how his ministry was formed back in England. I mean, it's worth saying that he was an evangelical. The first chaplain on the first fleet, the first Anglican or Church of England minister was an evangelical. I'm told he was raised in Yorkshire and had a kind of toughness to him, submissive to authority and yet had a stubborn streak. He was the chaplain to Captain Philip and acted as his chaplain, like like a military chaplain today, but kind of knew how to stand his ground when he needed to. Uh, He was chosen to come by a group, including John Newton of Amazing Grace fame and uh, Wilberforce. Uh, They chose him because he was committed to the gospel and came out here. I'm told he had a very compassionate streak. He he and his wife taught in a school here and uh, even had a soft spot for the indigenous population. He had a child, the first freeborn child born in the colony, and he gave his little daughter an Aboriginal name, Milba. And that's a man ahead of his time. When you say he was an evangelical, what 
does that mean and what's the significance of that, that such yeah. a man was the first minister here? I guess you could say in the 18th century, in the Church of England, a lot of people were just liberal, meaning they were churchmen and they weren't necessarily that committed to the scriptures. But in the 19th century, there began a movement in the Anglican Church in England where they recaptured the heart of the gospel, which is what the word evangelical means, to be enraptured, really, by the gospel of Jesus Christ that he died and was raised again as Lord to give new life. And he was that kind of person. He preached for conversion, not just morality. He preached for redemption and salvation and not just being a good citizen or a religious person. And on this day, 225 years ago, exactly at that first Christian service, what do we know about what happened under that gum tree and what was said? Well, we know that they came off the first fleet, the women convicts that were yet to disembark. 10 o'clock on the 3rd of February, 1788, they were to gather for prayers, morning prayer, which is what we did this morning at St. Philip's. And I'm told the convicts are to assemble for divine service on the left of the encampment and they're expected to appear as clean as circumstances will admit. <laughs> I, I don't know how they, I guess they had a little uh, a bath in the, in the uh, harbour and then, then they got yes. dressed and came up. Yes. But they gathered under what they call a, 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 an oak tree or a great tree and Richard Johnson ran morning prayer and he preached on Psalm 116 verse 12, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? Now you say that there are ways in which that was a curious, even under the circumstances, a crazy thing to preach on. Why do you think that? Oh, yeah. Well, I asked my eight-year-old son, what does that verse mean? And he put it in his own words. He said, what shall I give to God for all the things he's given to me? But you can imagine a whole bunch of people that have just been on this terrible journey thinking, what benefits? <laughs> yes, yes. But um, I'm told that most likely, you know, they're remembering the fact that they were given their life. A journey like that was very dangerous back then, and they, they'd arrived on the shore with their life intact. But the next verse, Psalm 116, which presumably he went to, it's, uh, it's I will call upon the name of the Lord, I will take the cup of salvation. And he was a, a gospel man, so you can imagine him saying, not just that we've arrived here safely, but that God has given us salvation through Jesus Christ. The Archbishop said this morning, knowing Johnson, knowing what he knows of Johnson, that he chose Psalm 116 verse 12 because it's so personal. What shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits towards me? And I'm pretty sure that Johnson challenged the convicts and the officers that day. And in the church at the time, back in the mother country, but also to kick off our nation, that was a very distinctive thing to be preached at a church service. Yes, uh, it is interesting, isn't it, that that was the first day when basically 100% of the colony on shore went to church and from yes. downhill. <laughs> from there it went downhill. <laughs> uh, look, it's important. I think there's a couple of things. I, the way we began is the way we are now in many ways, which is that we began with the gospel was right there at the heart of what we did. And yet at the same time, people weren't very receptive to the message of salvation. So Johnson, when he returned to England after a, a long labor of ministry here, wrote back saying he was quite discouraged about the response to the gospel. The gospel was at the center of what they did. And yet, the response, relatively minimal. And I say that's very similar to what we are today. The gospel is at the heart of the Australian nation, and yet so few people do respond to this gospel of hope and grace through Jesus Christ. But really, we did begin with a service, 
uh, one of the first things we did was a service honouring God and preaching the gospel. In fact, it took some time for him to actually have a church built. In the end, he built it himself. Yeah, that's right. Tired of waiting for authorities to build a church. He built one in 1793. What's that, five years? Mm. After the first fleet landed, he built it out of his own money, about 62, 60, something like that, 60, 60 pounds or more. Wow. And uh, the church was burnt down in 1798. People don't know why, either convicts who were required to go to church, you know, church being compulsory, may as well light a match. <laughs> <laughs> but it was burnt down only five years after he built it with his own money. That's got to be pretty discouraging, don't you yes. think? And mm. your church, as I said, so close to Johnson's first service, was one of the earliest parishes in Australia. That's got quite a history itself. St. Philip's is the first parish in Australia, along with the parish of Parramatta. They said to St. Philip's, you preach from the coast to Parramatta, and Parramatta was told to reach Parramatta to, you know, the Blue Mountains, wow. <laughs> large areas for mission. And uh, so really, we are the original parish in Australia. And so we've got a responsibility, really, to remember the past as we look forward to the future. We don't get an option to, to disregard the past nor disregard the future. Yes, that's one of the significant parts of this day for you. It's just not a nostalgic look back, important though that is, you mm. are looking to a, a new era. Yes. It's interesting that St. Philip's was the original church, and out of St. Philip's grew many, most of the other churches, really. There's a family tree in the Western Port of St. Philip's here on York Street, and uh, it tells you how other churches began from here. So there's one sense in which you could say St. Philip's was the original church-planning church. Yes. So my question is, when did we lose our way? St. Philip's, really, the parish council and the, the uh, members and the leaders, it's been growing from about 80 to about 250, and um, so we really want to continue growing because we don't want to just look back at the past, but actually planned into the future. And at 4 p.m. today, we hosted, we held the newest Christian service after this morning when we celebrated the oldest Christian service. You like that as a narrative, Lee? Out nice. of the old comes something new, out of ancient comes something fresh. Symmetry. And we really want to keep doing that, really, because not only we look to the past, but to the future as well. People are pouring back into the city in ways they haven't for a hundred years. Across all strata of society, rich, poor, homeless, government, art, business, retail, tourism, it's a global city and becoming more so and so we've got to be ready to meet all the challenges that come with, uh, with the, the growth of, of this urban centre. I'm hoping for a, a massive response to the gospel, revival even, <laughs> in the years and decades to come. Well, we wish you well, Reverend Justin Moffat, uh, Senior Minister at St Philip's Anglican Church, York Street, Sydney. It's a great church. Thank you so much indeed for joining us on Open Thanks, House. Thanks, We hope you enjoyed this Open House podcast. Thanks to Christian Super and Real World Technology Solutions. To hear more from Open House, visit openhousecommunity.com.au.